you'll open to the book of James, we will continue with our, with our study tonight. In way of review, I said that we started out talking about his presence, his provisions, our position, and the promise. Last week we talked about being an overcomer. And all the promises are for the overcomer. And I want to take up tonight with verses 13 through 16, talking about the power. <clears throat> Chapter 1, verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creation. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless the reading of your word tonight as we study to show ourselves approved, that the Holy Spirit might quicken these verses to our hearts, that our ears might be open, uh, that our hearts might be in tune, and that we might just glean from these that manna that would feed our souls. God, without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. So we ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit might have full rule and reign in each of our hearts, each of our lives, and that this pastor might be under that anointing. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 13 here says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Don't go blaming it on God. You know, there's something in us that we don't like to take the blame ourselves. It's always somebody else's fault. You know, if it wasn't for them children of mine, if it wasn't for that father of mine, if it wasn't for my mother, if it wasn't for my classmate, uh, Eve said, you know, the devil made me do it. We always want to blame it on someone and when we're tempted, don't blame it on God. God cannot be tempted, and he tempts no man. I want to read something to you here, and that's the reason I'm using this particular Bible tonight. So it says in a uh, footnote here, verse 13 through 15, it says there is an apparent contradiction here in that the statement declares that no man may say when he is tempted, 
that he is tempted of God. Well, in Genesis 22, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. If you want to take a look over there at Genesis 22, verse 1, you'll see that. And, of course, there's an explanation for it. The explanation is this. The Hebrew word nisha, rendered tempt, literally means to try, prove, or to put to the test. As the Greek word parazo sometimes means, the rendering, of, the rendering in Genesis 22.1 is correctly given in the Geneva Bible as God did prove Abraham. Uh, this is at once, uh, this at once corrects the erroneous impression that might possibly be received from the English verb tempt, which usually has the sense of exciting to sin and does indeed have that meaning in Greek. When the tempter is the devil or evil people, James is saying, let no one who is tempted to sin say that he is tempted of God. God does not tempt anyone to sin. The devil tempts to sin, but God does not tempt anyone to sin. He, he will try you. He will test you to see what, how, how your faith is, but he will not tempt you to sin, and he never tempts you with, with the idea in mind that you're going to fail. The enemy of your soul wants you to fail. God does not want you to fail. And so, if we're tempted, it's because of our own sensuality. It says in verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. So if you're going to blame it on someone, blame it on yourself. You can't even say, the devil made me do it, uh, like uh, Skip Wilson used to say. I think that was his name, wasn't it? Uh, Flip Wilson. Skip Wilson. Flip Wilson. He used to say, the devil made me do it. Well, the devil did not make you do it. If you do it, it's because you're carried away, first of all, of your own lust, your own desires. And uh, many of our temptations or many of our trials that we have really begin with us. We wouldn't have so many problems if we had ourselves under control. Many of the problems in the world is because of man's lust. We, we war and, and uh, uh, fight and kill, and yet we have not because we just plain don't ask and because we ask amiss to consume it on our own lust. So many of the problems in the world are caused by our own wicked desires. 
When a man yields to temptation, he's yielding to the lust, and yielding to lust brings sin. Verse 15, then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And it's always the same procedure every time. It's first of all a temptation, a yielding to the temptation or lust. Lust, in yielding to the lust, brings sin. Sin, when it's, when it's done, brings forth death. Always the same procedure. And we see that especially in Genesis. Now, George is teaching in Genesis, so I don't want to steal everything he, he has from Genesis. And he does a good, good job here on Sunday morning for those that are in his class. Uh, we're, going, we're going through uh, Old Testament survey, and he's in the book of Genesis right now. And uh, I'm sure that he's going to get to the temptation. But I want to say this about the temptation and uh, the, the first sin as sin came into the world. First of all, the devil uh, was in the serpent, and the serpent, I, I don't, somehow I, I just don't see the serpent as one of, one of these snakes that crawl around on their belly. I think he was, he was, uh, he, he walked upright, and I think he was, he was uh, uh, beautiful at that time. And uh, he, w he said to, to Eve, he said, uh, wouldn't you like to eat of this tree over here? And she said, well, we, we can eat of every tree in the garden, but we can't, he said, said, don't eat of this particular tree in the midst of the garden. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the devil said, oh, God just knows that when you eat of that, you're going to be like, like him. You're going to know the difference between good and evil. And, and uh, so he doesn't want you to eat of it because you'll become like him. And the he said, you're, you're not surely going to die. You're not going to die. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. And he always uses the same tactics. He was tempting Eve. Come on. Just, just take a little bite. It won't hurt you. Just... Um, Oh, come on, smoking one reefer isn't going to hurt anybody. Taking one, one shot of whiskey surely wouldn't hurt you. Uh, having illicit sex uh, feels good. They just don't want you to do that before you get married because they, you know, they don't want you to enjoy yourself. Go ahead. He's always tempting us. Because he knows what's in us, and he knows what we can be tempted with. He waited until Jesus 
was at his weakest to tempt him. After he'd fasted for 40 days, then he tempted, tempted him. So when you're sick, or when you're not feeling good, or when you're at your lowest ebb in your physical being or spiritual being, that's right when old Slewfoot comes along. Now, let me say this. First of all, it's no sin to be tempted. Everybody's tempted. Is there anyone in here that's never been tempted? It says Jesus was tempted and always likewise as us, yet without sin. So Jesus was tempted. So if it's a sin to be tempted, then Jesus wouldn't have made it, right? It's no sin to be tempted. It's only a sin when you begin to hold on to that sin and you begin to lust after that thing and won't let go of it. He who has committed adultery in his heart has committed it already. Isn't that what Jesus said? If you've stole something in your heart, believe me, you're a thief. It's just that you haven't had the opportunity. And so it goes through the same process. Eve was tempted by the devil. Then she saw that the fruit was good. I mean, and it was the, something that really, she, she, oh boy, her mouth, I, I, she just couldn't hardly, she could almost taste that thing before she ever bit into it, you know? She lusted after it. Temptation, lust, and then she finally did it. Sin. And you know something? Sinners always like company. It wasn't enough that she sinned. She gave it to her husband. Oh, come on, hon. After all, I, I had a bite that's good. Here, have a little bite. And that's the way sinners are. They're, they're never happy to see someone else without sin. It makes them feel less guilty or something they can get you to sin. I can remember when I went in the military, the guys, there was something about it. Uh, if a man was a virgin... All the guys would work on him to try to get him to go sin. Really. And I don't think it's changed any today. I think that you've still got those same temptations. But don't, don't yield to them because they all start with the devil. They start with your own lusts. And as long as you, it's like being under an umbrella. If you can picture a big umbrella, and all Christians are under this umbrella, under this protection. And it's only when you step out from under the umbrella that the devil can put a gotcha on you. You understand what I'm saying? You're led away, first of all, of your own lust, then the devil 
takes control there, right? The devil is a, is a defeated foe. Jesus beat him fair and square at the cross. And he cannot do anything to you unless you allow him to. You are led away, first of all, of your own lust, then the devil conceives. That's what the scripture is saying. And so if you, yes, we, we, we fall into sin, but don't, don't stay out there. Confess your sins quickly. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 16. It says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. In my other Bible, uh, the New King James, I says, uh, Don't be deceived. Anyone else got another translation? Other than, yeah. Don't be misled. Don't be deceived. And it's so easy to be misled, be misguided. The devil would like to make you think that you can't help sinning. I mean, after all, everybody else is doing it. Just look around you. I mean, all Christians sin. The devil will tell you so. But the scriptures, if you really read them, tell you, tell you that we do not practice sin. The Christian does not practice sin. He may sin, but he doesn't practice it. It's like um, Flora. She, she got good on the piano because she practiced. And you can only get good at sin if you practice it. You heard about the, the doctor uh, who was a practitioner? I, I, I'm tired of doctors that are just practicing medicine. I, I want someone that knows. You know, I want someone that's good at it. Well, don't err. The devil's out to get you. He's going around like a roaring lion, seeing whom he may devour. And he'll get you when you're weakest. So we need the strength. We need to, we need to be strengthening ourselves now because those times are going to come, all right? God has given us powers to be overcomers. Over in Revelation it said, tells us that we're made overcomers, how? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're made overcomers. We are, we're, we're not going to be overcomers. We are now overcomers. We don't have to yield. We don't have to sin. Hallelujah. Look at 2 Peter with me. 2 Peter 1 and verse 3.
according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. He, uh, he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and God. He has given us the victory now. Read it in another translation, would you there, Benny? Okay. He's given us everything that we need. He has given us the power. We have the power now. He's given us everything we need to be victorious now, to be righteous. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, he's given it to us now. You know, why is it that we feel that we, got, we can't be holy until we get to heaven? Anybody got an, got an explanation for that? I think that God is calling us to holiness now. He wants us to live a pure life now. And if, if we're going to live a pure life, we can't always be falling into the devil's traps. God's going to test your faith and God will let the devil test you if you step out from under the umbrella, out from under his protection. You go out there and, and dabble with sin, and, and you're going to get caught. Don't play with that stuff. It's, it's deadly. It's just as deadly for a Christian as it is for a non-Christian. Don't play with sin. God wants us to be victorious. He wants us to have a pure life here and now. <clears throat> and it brings us all the way back to what's been said all along here. You know, blessed is the one who endures tempt, uh, uh, testing. You know, it's strengthening your faith. And God is checking you to see how good your faith is. He's assaying you. See how much pure faith you have. The devil, on the other hand, he wants you to fail. And whenever he puts a temptation in your way, it's with the idea that you're going to get caught. He's setting traps for you. I tell you, I wouldn't want to be a young person again. Do you know who the devil focuses in on? It's not the older ones. Young people. And there's more, the closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the more temptations there is out there for young people to get caught with. And we need to pray for our young people continuously. They are going through a, the hardest time of their life right during their teenage years. At every corner, 
The enemy's right there. But praise God. If you'll draw nigh unto God, he'll draw nigh unto you. And you don't need to yield to them sins. That's what I'm telling you people. You can have victory.